I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Welcome to the Self-Helpful Podcast. I'm Kevin Miller, and this is the podcast people tune into for in-depth discussions on the latest research from our foremost leaders in self-improvement so you can be growing and more equipped to live at your fullest capacity in body, mind, and soul. We generally talk about negative things in our life in a way that brings us and those listening to us further down. When something hard happens to you and you blame and accuse and criticize, that's what we call venting. This episode wraps up my series with Whitney Goodman. She's author of Toxic Positivity, and she's probably the fifth or sixth therapist I've had on the show who cites from a lot of research that venting only pours gas on the fire. It does not help. It makes things worse. But neither does stuffing help. So what does help? It's sharing how you feel. And this is at the root issue that we're circumventing when something bad happens to us. And again, we blame and accuse and criticize. That's really just a victim response to the truth, which is we're hurting in some capacity. In Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart, which we discuss in this show too, she gives us 87 different emotions that we can choose from and from that discuss the issue really at hand. And when we discuss how we feel, we can then address the pain and gain some ground in reconciling it, which is the only helpful thing to do. And in sharing our emotions and again, not our criticism with someone else, instead of also dragging them in and down with our venting, we instead evoke their connection and compassion which also helps us instead of further hurting ourselves. So join me and my co-host today, Randy James, medical doctor and functional medicine expert, as we drill down in this issue and how we walk it out in our daily roles as spouses and parents and coworkers. If you find value from the Self-Helpful Podcast, it'd be great if you would leave us a review. Best thing you can do, share what you heard today with someone else. You can lift their day and elevate your own as well. You can always find and connect with me at kevinmiller.co. Next up, again, Dr. Randy James and I talk about this issue of dealing with our negativity, not by venting, not by stuffing, but by getting to the root issue of how does it make you feel? I know you as a positive guy, an optimistic guy. When you hear this message on toxic positivity, on how we 
jump to, well, I'll ask you that. Do you feel, so hearing Whitney's message on this, do you feel like generally you're prone to just jump to the positive like that? Or do you consider the negative? I feel like with me, what? That That's, that's a, a, a deeper question than I would have heard it as a few years ago. And I think based on our conversations in the past and that, and you know, cause we've been talking about Zig for a long time and, and your, your best life now and positivity. And, and, and there's always been an awareness of the good side of that, but there's also been an awareness of, well, but it still stinks that X, Y, Z happened. Well, let me ask it this way. Cause I'm asking that question. You would think being your close friend for so long, I would know. I'm curious. I, I bet that I do it better, healthfulier with you than I may do it with other people, including even my wife that, cause on the flip side, I know, I feel like you do. If I come to you and share, man, I'm struggling with this, whatever in my mind's eye or, or thinking about, I, I would see and hear you going, man, that's just hard, I'm, which is really great. Do you tend to do that with your wife and kids? So think about that. Do you think you do that with them or would you, do you think you tend to jump to uh well, come on, it's a not solution that oriented. Or, yeah. Or just kind of bringing it to, Hey, you know, it could be worse. Could be worse. Kind of, yeah. Um, I do. I would say, I think that I'm less healthful about it probably within the intimate relationships of family. Yeah. It's, it's a different crucible. And, uh, but even like we said long ago, when our kids come to us crying, that there's a commiserate, a value of the commiseration there rather than let me kiss it, make it better, put it on a band aid, and mm-hmm. you know, all those. Um, that you, that it part of it is wanting to also thinking of kids, teach the kids how to endure in, in, in a hard time, be resilient, be resilient, yeah. and. And like even babies, they have to learn how to self-settle at night. You can't settle them at 3 a.m. for the rest of their life. They have to learn well, that. And if, or if you try to, then you're stuck doing it for the rest of their life. That's right. Yeah. You, you, are, you have trained them to need you. Yeah. And many, probably moms more than dads, mm-hmm. that's their own uh, drug in a, in, a, in a sense to make them feel validated or whatever. Fair. Uh, so th- that's what I mean by, gosh, Kevin, there are so many layers of depth of what that would mean to the mom or to the businessman or to the 10 year old who scraped his knee on his bike. Uh, uh, funny thing yesterday, my son got shots and the nurse made such a big deal about the band aid and the color and the, this and the, that. And we got home and she totally missed the blood spot. (laughs) The band aid had nothing to do with actually not getting blood on your, so that's what I mean. Like, we, we have this response of positivity that it had nothing to do with the actual reason for a Band-Aid. But it's a great placebo. It's a, yeah, and that was the whole point. <laughs> well, let me think. I'm, I'm thinking here with this. When, if I come to you and, and I don't feel like you and I 
Well, no, we do lament to each other some and talk about issues. So we're sitting on the deck, and if I share something, you go, "Man, that's that's you know that's hard," and I, I don't feel like you make some big effort or need to to lift me up or whatever. And you know, when we finish lunch and go our separate ways. Now, when it happens at home, and that intimacy of your spouse, your child, whatever, there's more. There's more on the table because they're going to don't go your separate way. Yeah. If you're going to be together the whole day or whatever, yeah. you kind of don't want that. I mean, selfishly, you don't want them to be down. It brings you down. You want to lift them up. So maybe there's a selfish desire to kind of lift them up too, so that everybody's happy. And I wonder if we do sometimes, it's just got me thinking, do I do it better with you? Cause there's not as much at stake. Yeah. Well, probably as sure. I do with at home with my wife and kids, there's that idea of, Yes, in order for us to really work through this hard thing, it's not a 30-minute conversation on the deck. This is days and weeks of being in this thing. And gosh, wouldn't it be better if we could just be positive about this and, you know. Because I really just want to have a nice dinner and watch a show and be happy. That's right. Because we got dinner coming up and. Or, or like you and I have sometimes said, I'm, I'm in the middle of a good part of my book and, and you just, we're talking about this at 10 o'clock at night and I, well, at least the house hasn't burned down. Yeah. At least your kids aren't dead. <laughs> it could be worse. It could be worse. It could. Okay. Well, here, here's something that I'm pondering now. So the show hit that day I got email or, or text from my parents. Uh, which a lot of people uh, listen to know Dan and Joanne Miller, Dan Miller, 48 days. And, um, and they said, man, this really was powerful to them. It resonated with them and to be candid. And I think he's, he's, he would admit it. He did on actually, he did it online. It was posted. Uh, the show was online and my dad said, man, great show. And it stepped on my toes. So I grew up with a dad and I grew up with a dad that had me reading Zig Ziglar and it was glasses half full. It was positivity. And so we're both looking at it now going, yeah, we have spent most of our time taking whatever negative and saying, Hey, you know, look at the bright side. I mean, Mm -hmm. which makes, again, it makes sense. I mean, we're back to, and I talked about this with Whitney of Zig Ziglar saying you can't do anything with, you know, positive thinking won't let you do anything, uh, but it'll help you do everything better than negative thinking will. Okay. Negative thinking. So it got me thinking about that though. I mean, obviously just sitting there and dwelling on the negative is not generally helping us, but how do we share the negative? That's what it got me thinking about. And we start my, so I had this conversation on a text thread with my mom and dad uh, yesterday, literally, and thinking, you know, I still don't want, I'll, I'll make it you. Okay. So let's say you come and you're just, you know, griping about what well, right now is guys are banging around outside doing some renovations of your office and you're going, and this is costing me $60,000, whatever it is. It's such a hassle. They messed this up and you're just griping and man, it's, and you're just bitching and complaining, basically yeah, yeah. griping, complaining, blaming, whatever. I, I really don't want to hear that. It's, I, I know my thinking is it's not helping you. This is, and this gets into right. the venting, right? It's really just, and the studies on venting are showing it's, it's really kind of just throwing gas on the fire for you. It's making you more irritated. Yeah. It's not helping me. Yeah. It's bringing me down. Yeah. I'm trying to have a good day and try to be, do something creative and you're coming in here griping, whatever. I don't want that when it gets in. And I even wonder if men, and this is, I know we're in a time when segmenting the sexes is Dangerous. not politically <laughs> correct, but 
back to Emerson Egerich's love and respect that men tend to speak the language of respect more, you know, women love, but on the respect side, it mm-hmm. feels to, to blame and accuse. It feels disrespectful. I, I don't, I, I don't want to hear that, but how, so how do you share the negative? And what, mm-hmm. what I was thinking of is, and I think Whitney speaks to this in her book, toxic positivity, song, is share with me your feeling. How does it make you feel? Cause that's at the root of it. Cause mm-hmm. right now you're going along and you're sharing with me and you're saying, man, well, how would you do that? Say, man, I feel like it's wasting money. Mm-hmm. It feels hard. Like at I a feel time vulnerable, like, yeah, I, I used to have an extra account that I was saving yeah. exactly for this stuff. But now that I'm spending it, I feel vulnerable. Like the gift of profit. My business is doing well. I feel validated that I have this profit in the bank, extra money mm-hmm. that you could grow the business, send your kids to college, you know, whatever it may be. It, it, I remember one time you said something about, you know, because we really like to uh, enjoy a nice wine. And you had bought a, a couple of bottles of something, and you're like, I'm saving them. They're up in the cabinet. It makes me feel good that they're there. They're still there. They're st- <laughs> I, went, <laughs> I went and found them. I have two bottles that have been over in the corner for I, well, five, when you six rediscovered years. them, it made you feel good. Yeah, I don't well, know. Well, what if you had to just go pour that out on the sidewalk out there? Uh-uh. It's like that feels unluxurious, unwealthy, unstable, un unprofit, right? Like even the, and in this particular case where we are staring outside and the deck is actually going away. Yeah. I don't. I'm not even getting the same old deck back. They, it was just so decrepit 20 years later, and, and that's the normal life cycle. I shouldn't feel bad about that. Uh, we live in Colorado. It's harsh on decks, and i got to fix it. Well, it just feels – yeah, I, th- I think I'm and, – and I'm a stickler, and I know for security, and, and I'd like to have that extra layer of something in the bank even for my deck to go bad. But now that I'm using it – it, it reminds me of Dave Ramsey, you know, $1,000 in the bank. Well, what if you actually have to go spend $1,000 on the tires? Well, now I don't have $1,000 in the bank anymore, and I got to go and do that again. That's – it feels like a setback. It's interesting. So thinking – and I mention this so often these days, Brene Brown's new book, but Atlas. Can I just – even me saying that right there, it feels so much better than complaining. I just – I literally expressed the feeling – and I would bet you that my blood pressure, my cortisol, my whatever went down a notch rather than, but if I came in and just complained to you and I saw that look in your eyes of, I don't really want to hear this or whatever, it would, that would make me mad I, at you. I, I viscerally kind of I, feel bad. You're sitting there and you're dissing that it's like you're criticizing, you're blaming. And that when you share the feeling, I feel compassion. You, I was going to say, you can, you can commiserate with it. And that. I relate. Yeah. I think it's, so you say it feels, makes me feel vulnerable. And I was about to say, Brene Brown's Alice of the heart, 87 emotions. If we went, I wish I had it. I think I've got it at the house, um, had it to say, gosh, I feel Right, like some like men need help. I'm not in touch with my yeah. vulnerable side. If you gave me a list of feelings that maybe I could think about, I wish I had him in front of me because you know there's things like dis- do you feel disgust? I don't know if I feel no? disgust, but do you feel uh, scared, be- betrayed? You can even. I mean, I, what about that? Could you feel betrayed even from a you know betrayed by God? God, you you helped me okay, have this okay, abundance, okay. Yeah. and now you're just taking it away. That feels bad. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't, I don't honestly I like I look at asphalt. I used to think of I have a relationship with asphalt now. It burns me that every 3 years I got to pay somebody a few thousand bucks to come and put yeah. more asphalt down. It's like that who invented asphalt? Well, I guess it's better than dirt, right? So let's play the positive game. Obviously, okay. we go over here and go, dude. Come on. You you've got a business. 
you're in the top 1%, whatever they say, of, of wealthy of people world, right. of the world. The fact that you even have access to enough money to redo your thing or $60,000 to do your your, because you and I both know in a time when you did not. Right. Like that, you I would have walked on bad lumber hoping not to die because yeah. I don't or have the money. sued to, by somebody yeah, else. Yeah. And so what, and you look at that and go, well, sure, but that, that does absolutely nothing to take away the reality of the emotion. It, 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 it kind of makes it a little bit worse. I have a story. Right. I was, I was going to save the story for the podcast. When we moved to, from Japan to Germany, and in the military, you know, you, you, it's, it's a big day when they come and they get all your stuff. And, of course, international. And that's like a double move. It's like literally across the world. And, uh, and, uh, and so then, you know, so we make the move over to Germany and we see our family in the meantime. And we land in Germany and, you, and it's like, gosh, our stuff's not here. And there's a, there's a rule that you're not even allowed to ask about your stuff, your shipment. And 90 days has to go by. Well, I'm working and I'm busy, and, and it was a time in life when we knew that Marcy wasn't going to be able to get a job on, on base, and so we're you know, thinking about starting our family. And that. So she's at home in a foreign land with a foreign language with an empty house. And on day 91, we have an appointment with the stuff people. <laughs> and, uh, and long story short, we find out that you know, way over in Japan, they just put it in the wrong front funnel. And it went space A. It just so it, it was going to get there, but it was just the last priority of any space on any shipping container that went wherever military things go. You know what the guy said? At least it's not at the bottom of the ocean. And that made us twice as mad and 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 hurt that there was no compensation or just commiseration of how. It, because this particular human individual at 35 years of age is in a foreign land, foreign country, foreign whatever. And, and, and you know, for me, and, and I even hurt Marcy because I'm like, well, just go exploring. Like, she's like, but I speak the language. And she's like, well, I can't. It, it feels bad to go walk around and not be able to communicate or talk or buy something or whatever. This is the very first few weeks. So... That was our story of an example of it and what we, that is cutting your legs out from under you. Yeah. It's cutting your nose off to spite your face. It's these, and, and so, but we live in a culture and now we've got an online where, where you can complain and whatever to millions and just vituperative vomit all over the internet. And, and I do think that some people live with that at home. And in an office place where we've done a lot of, I think, good work to not hire those people, work with those people, and even from a patient perspective. Like that, people pay me to come in and tell me their problems. And I can't say, well, at least you've got a completely well-working <laughs> right arm. It could be worse. It, yeah. you, you can't say that. But we do live in a world where there is a thread of, Come on, you are wealthy beyond any historical people's imagination. You, there, there's so much, and it doesn't allow people to feel, to connect, and ultimately, I say it doesn't allow solution. You, you, if you can't get upset about something to the point of becoming 
obsessed or inspired with a solution because the way it is already is is better than what it could have been. Well, then just sit there and don't do anything. Yeah. There's there's no point in if 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 the glass is always half full. When again, if you if you start lambasting these guys that are right now out there doing construction, right? Can you guys be quieter? <laughs> yeah, and just uh, they're doing it, they're messing things up, and they're smoking, and they're you know whatever. And if I jump on that, which is a common, we see that in the show sitcoms, and I come and I go, ah, oh, yeah, you know, and I just lambast them with you. Oh, yeah, where is where is that leading? Now we're both being critical. Uh, we're blaming, we're accusing, and what do we, we, we could get ourselves riled up enough if we go out there and start a fight. And, and then, but if you share the feeling, dude, that, it just feels bad. I feel taken advantage of. I feel, you know, I'm making stuff up, but you know, go to the emotions. I feel that, I mean, you go, oh, man, I, that I understand. That's, I, I don't even feel the necessity as much to just positivity, positivize it, is that, to, to do that because you're talking about the, the emotion. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Okay, I have a uh, a little bit of a pushback on that okay. culturally. So, a 
a friend at church and uh, who's our age with teenagers and um and uh going through some rough teenager stuff and he made the statement you know these young people younger people sort of up through 30 years of age or so gosh they're really in touch with their emotions like at school you are taught or encouraged to share emotions and feeling but they have no resilience they are not taught coping or endurance or and and that's where as so often it's it there's a time and a place for both sides of this that man i know you're in touch with your feelings but we we still got to dig a ditch and I know you're tired and you're depressed that this is your job. I don't like digging ditches. That makes me feel bad. Uh, well, okay, but the ditch has to get filled. And so. No, it's not. I, no, I'm, no, stay right there. Stay, I'm, I'm with you because that is the fear of not just being positive, of coming over here and commiserating, is that now I'm going to help enable you just to... To not feel your... To be yep. So it's interesting because when I ask Whitney about this, so she's a, she's a therapist and she's she cites some of this from experiential. She says, okay, but when my patients come in and they share XYZ issue, problem, letting them talk through experientially, evidence-based, mm-hmm. you know, it, mm-hmm. it is so mm-hmm. helpful for them. Um, and that's her experience. Okay. But they'll stop there because I'm thinking, wait a minute, that's probably not fair to the rest of life because they are there by proxy to get help. Uh, okay. I mean, they're there to get the only reason they're there is because they want to be better. Well, me too. Same with you. Yeah. Right. They're there to be They're They're there to want to be better. So they come in, they share the problem. You commiserate a firm to some degree. And then your job, what they're paying for is for you to go, Okay, so what should we do? What can we do yeah. to recover, progress, to, to move forward? Yeah. But if I'm coming to you as just a friend and or, sharing or, my or a spouse, I think yeah, as, yeah. as a okay. spouse, that's yeah. really yeah. And I share those things, and I don't. I'm I'm sharing them just for the purpose of wa- well, wanting to be a victim, oh. wanting to sit in them, wanting to just or vent to vent or, or to vent. Yeah, yeah without that then I think you're right that there's the danger. So it is. And I think, so if we go to Whitney's model that it has a lot to do then with our own spirit from which we are sharing this negative thing. Yeah. So, okay, here's how I feel, man. I could, I could use some talking through, you know, with it, commiserate right. with me a little bit. Then part three, step three is now what do I do? Yeah. Nobody ever goes to a therapist, especially these days. Therapy is mostly cash based. You are not going there to just vent or yeah. just say the words. Yeah. You do have an expectation that that other person is going to say, okay, now what? That is not what we do in our marriages. And so oftentimes, and, and we, we've on both sides in, in, you know, a spouse will say, I just need you to hear me. Mm-hmm. But what if in that? But if you don't allow me or expect me to come back and say, "Well, have you thought about it this way or whatever?" Then we're just wallowing in the badness of it, and you don't do that with a counselor. You would never pay a hundred bucks an hour yeah. or 
400 bucks an hour to say, I just need you to hear me. And then I'm going to go off and just go right back to my life. I don't need you to comment on anything. We're there for the commentary. But it, it, if it's at work, a boss that isn't hearing you and I just need, you know, or, or coworkers or spouse or family where I think we get stuck in the, like, I also want to be there to hear or, or, or she can hear me. But then if she says, well, do you think about it this way or think about it that way? I'm like, well, if I then say, I don't want your commentary or something like that, I'm, I'm shutting off that. And by proxy, she is in a place mm-hmm. where, and I do think we can be, Come, uh, co-workers and married people and even within our own heads okay say the words feel the feeling and then what to to the frustration of the ditch digging it would be like okay well let's let's i hear you uh okay now let's let's fill the ditch <laughs> and then how do we wake up tomorrow and maybe get a different job Okay, I'm thinking through that. Another piece of it, because I'm one that is, we call it a personality style. You could look at introvert, extrovert. I don't generally feel a need, desire to to talk about my emotions at all, to talk about the negative. But there may be relevance. If I'm coming to you and we're going to be working together today, and I know I'm struggling with something, this is not a counter to that this is, I'm just thinking another scenario is to say, to be honest and go, man, I am, I'm just kind of struggling right now. Mm-hmm. I had a, you know, hard talk with my spouse or my kids going through whatever, or man, I'm worried about finances or whatever. And I, I'm not looking for a solution. I don't need, I'm working on it. I, I am. I mean, I'm, I'm doing my thing, but just to divulge it to you, since we're going to be working together today and go, I'm, I'm struggling a little mm-hmm. bit, just so you know, I'm, I am feeling a little bit down for you to command. I'm sorry. And, and just to be together mm-hmm. in a relationship to connect in that standpoint where it's, I'm not even looking, I I'm working uh, on a solution, I, but I'm and just, I think that it, that would, you described a kind of a healthy marriage mm-hmm. or a healthy friendship or a healthy working relationship with people. Um, and so many of our marriages, working relationships, friendships, and families get twisted up because either, the person who's sharing is not sharing in that spirit, but more in the complaining spirit. Or the person who's hearing is not hearing in a, hey, let me just hear your feelings. Empathy, sympathy, commiseration. Let me, I'm going to be there with you in it. But they're hearing it in a way of, well, either you shouldn't feel that way. Hey, let's be more. Or... Well, let me give you three things to do that if you would just do these things, you would be fine. Mm-hmm. And and it sounds like Whitney is saying, <laughs> there's the middle ground. There's the third way. There's the bothness of of wisdom and, and, and awareness of there's a time and a place for solutions oriented. Yeah, I'm paying you for three ideas. Mm-hmm. Give me three ideas of something to do. That's not really what happens in a marriage. Like, I don't, I don't need you to fix me. I don't need you to, you know, give me three things to do. I just need commiseration, feeling. Well, I'm thinking, I, you know, just, I, it would be, it's honest to you to tell you I'm struggling with something. Yeah. X, Y, Z happened. I'm really feeling. I'm not on my game. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling, feeling one of I'm, Brene Brown's 87 emotions. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling disgust or betrayal or I'm feeling whatever. 
Um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of working on the earth. You know, this is just where I'm at right now. And I go, gosh, okay. That's a sense. I, I can be sensitive to that. Yeah. Uh, maybe give you sensitive, give you word. some grace yeah. and, and me say, yeah, I'm not looking for you to fix it or, or whatever, that, or, you know, or I am. I mean, ultimately, yeah, she's called, I think she's talking to positivity. I still feel as I do with pretty much every guest I have feel called to more awareness for myself. What? What? Uh, well, sensitivity, I was going to say is, I was just going to say it's, that's an awareness. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I mean, this, cause, cause part, gosh, my own counselor has been saying so often, Kevin, I mean, he feels that my issue, he and, and my other one, she, that they feel I am lacking greater health, betterness, wellness, because I have the feeling I don't really clarify it even in my own head. I just jump to solution kind of solution or even medication. Like I'm just going to put on some good music and have some good coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to have, uh, I would go for a run. Uh-huh. Those aren't bad. Yeah, well, right. They're I mean, the, bad. those are bad. Cause you would say, gosh, that you know, creates dopamine. That is, but I still didn't, there was no reconciliation. Mm-hmm. There was no, uh, resolution. Resol- thank you. Resolution. Mm-hmm. Re- and I'm missing that. They're saying mm-hmm. you're missing that coming together. Mm-hmm. And, they, and their terminology to me has been sit with it. Just sit with mm-hmm. it. They didn't say I had to sit with it for a month. Mm-hmm. They didn't even say an hour, whatever, but to go, oh, man, right now I feel, oh, I feel, I feel X. Yeah. I feel a little scared or I feel mm-hmm. uh, worry or anxiety or, you know, again, mm-hmm. one of Brene Brown's terms, I feel that. And why? Mm-hmm. Why do I feel that to help me? I think a lot of times it would probably help me realize it's a little unfounded often. Mm-hmm. I'm a little exaggerating. It's not, and and not to d- diminish it or to, or to realize maybe, gosh, that makes sense mm-hmm. with man, with what happened to you. You with, should feel that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the tragedy you had with, you know, with your one kid for your other kid to have this, that makes sense that you would, that makes sense. And just, okay. Kind of give myself, find some awareness and some grace. Mm-hmm. And, and work through that a little bit and then now say, okay, I don't really want this to handicap me and go mm-hmm. on for the rest of the day or the rest of the week or whatever. So how can I do some, can I do some journaling? Do I need to talk with someone? Mm-hmm. Um, how can I get past it if I'm not on my own? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it would be now going to run. Like you mm. sat with this for five minutes, 10, yeah. 15 you you journaled, you pulled out her book, you said, oh yeah, these five feelings I'm feeling, and I wrote down scared in a, a sentence about that. Uh, Kristen, who's our health coach, uh, she got a lot of help from write it down, rip it up. And that, you know, somehow connected in her head with, okay, I'm, I'm doing something with these feelings, and then, and then go on. And, and you can see both sides of the same, or both sides where the problem could be. You've got somebody who sits with it, not for five minutes, but it's five days. And so like, here's an example with thinking through a patient lens, that there is a time and a place where somebody is telling their story. And, and let's say along the psychological, whatever diagnosis, and, um, and they're saying, I'm feeling this. And they're, they're, I'm saying, oh, I get it. I understand. This happened. And so as a human, you felt this and you should feel that. And they're like, oh, okay, what do I do? And, and I remember her name. And if I told it to you, you would remember her. And I, and I, I said, nothing. 
if I gave you something to do or say or think or eat or, you know, take a medicine, it would just be another layer of, 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 of creating more of these feelings. And so right now you've acknowledged them. So let's give you some days of, of being with them. Don't you, I don't want you to do anything. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't, but well, am I going to stay in this place where, Oh no, 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 no. We're, we're not going to leave you there forever. Like, but if I were to right now, it's kind of like you and your hand, you, you just stuck a stick in there. Like it hurts. Now is not the time to go do some pull-ups and whatever else you got to do just some different things. Okay. Well, psychologically there's a, there's a time to, to, so that particular person, I said, don't do anything. My kids would love for me to come up one day and say, Hey, don't do anything just, or do whatever you want. It would be better. I don't have any chores for you to do today or any books to read or any, anything you just go and, but that's not what I say to my kids. I, I, I say, gosh, you guys have experienced so much freedom. We, we gotta, we gotta fill in, we gotta dig a ditch. <laughs> There's a, you, I don't really want to hear any more about what you feel about me asking you to turn that screen on and, and do this other thing. I, you're in touch with those feelings. You're frustrated. You're whatever. But um, we, we're just going to turn the TV off. Like, and you're going to have to learn how to deal with that frustration because I would be not a good counselor or father to just let you stay in the feeling that there's the bothness of of this that we so often come down to. And Whitney is is rightly pointing out there's toxic positivity out there. And I would say, yeah, I agree. There, there's a wrong application of positivity. But then there's also the right application. Well, you have me thinking about, okay, it's toxic positivity when it's inappropriately yeah. uh, administered. How, yeah. How's that? To say, okay, right now you feel like crap. Of course, there's more health and wellness over here on getting a different perspective and being optimistic and having some hope. We see that. But in between, what do we need to do to be able to get to there? Well, and I feel like that's what I have missed. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, my gosh, okay, so you're, you're, you're the functional medicine doc. The layman's terms, as opposed to traditional medicine, is you're not just going to treat the symptom. You're going to get to the root cause issue. You're not going to give a high blood pressure medication for the high blood pressure. Well, you may if it's for the moment, but ultimately you want to go down to the bottom, to the root, and say, what is causing that? Let's fix that uh, Yeah, from right. the bottom up. Right. Okay. So on the same thing, if my spouse, kid, friend, whatever, you come to me and you have this negative feeling negative, you know, something bad happened, whatever. Uh, and you feel bad about it. If I don't me, I was gonna say meet you there, but even investigate, right. I really don't, I'm going to be lacking the, I'm possibly maybe probably going to be lacking the wisdom to even help you if I don't know, because my propensity is going to come in and Hey man, let's, you know, let's look at the bright side. Let's, let's look at whatever. And yet you brought me something negative that I don't really even know what's bothering you. Is it, right. if I, if I told you, I said, so dude, so yeah, you're pissed off about this construction, whatever. Cause are you, are you worried about your finances? And, and you go, and it, cause I could, I could jump there. Okay, dude, let's look at that. Let's, let's do an audit, man. Let's look at your business. Let's look at some ways to increase your revenue. So it's not a big deal. And you're going, wait, I, I'm, I've got plenty of money. It's not, I'm not going to go. I mean, it's a bummer, but right. I, I've got that. Oh, well then if it's not a financial worry, then, then what is it? Well, and then you, I don't know. I, 
But you could, you're, you're, you're connecting with me to get to the root of why are you feeling your feeling? And I mean, I'm probably helping you because you yeah. may likely, and that's, you know, in the span of life, we don't tend to think this either. So I may be helping you. Dude, why do you, so what is yeah. the worry? And you go, well, and we start, I start helping you and we sit there as friends and gosh, I guess I feel, I feel betrayed by God for taking away. I don't know what it is. Right, gosh, okay. That's a bigger, that's a, so we're talking about a, a spiritual issue. Oh, I, I would, I would not have even thought to go there. Right. Okay. Gosh, well, let's talk about that. And we keep going. I ask why I ask why, and help you clarify now you may find some relief or some. I was going to say most people at the end of that kind of conversation would be like, would be thinking, you know, I'm still in the midst of this, but I just feel better. Thank you, and uh, and and there's there is value in that. You didn't you you investigated the uh, a person feels heard even if they're not hearing themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's kind of Brene Brown is you don't. You're not in touch with your own feelings. You don't even know what you feel. You've got to almost have a relationship with yourself to start and a friend, counselor. That's exactly why that helps. And that's exactly also why probably in marriages we struggle so much because we don't we're, – we're, we've got so much baggage behind us that we're, we've lost the skill of relating. Well, and again, I'm going to be candid with it, that generally when my spouse, I could say my kid, but you know, I, I think the crucible is always a, uh, in our relationships is often our, our spouse. When she comes to me with something, I am right away thinking of my own well-being. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I'm, this is my own admission and I'm not going to say as a man, I could say as a struggling narcissist, I can say whatever. Well, no, I mean, you've but got a the, 30 year marriage behind uh, you of ups and downs. But the and, truth is, yeah, I'm thinking about, Ooh, how's this going to affect me? And I, I'm going to tend to respond to that as, as opposed to, it's so much easier again to do it with you, Randy, because I, you're, we're going to leave in part ways leave, and you're going to go. Yeah, to, yeah. So I'm going to, I can, I'm unbiased. You don't have to pick out curtains with me. I don't, <laughs> I don't. And I can be unbiased and it's so hard to do with our spouse. But if I can, in wisdom and awareness, do the same thing and go, gosh, man, tell, tell, well, the concept, right. tell me more. That's yeah. what I'm often, man, do you, okay. I hear your frustration. Even if, even if it comes in blame, what I'm just, I'm thinking of, of my own existence, right? Where, uh, if John as an employee came in and said, oh my gosh, I feel X, Y, Z about ABC. I'd say, oh gosh, tell me more. Mm -hmm. Let's, but if my wife comes in and says, I feel X, Y, Z about kid A. And like you said, and you're sitting there reading your book. I'm reading my book. Oh my gosh. Can I, can we, it's 10 The immediate feeling is, (sighs) Mm -hmm. and it's not, I mean, it's not like you and I are horrific people. We're being open and honest about the subtleties of, and I think I would say I feel the same thing from her. If I come bursting in and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel X, Y, Z about what just happened today at work. And she's in the middle of a complex email that has to go out. She gives me the very same feeling of, can you just wait a minute while I and, – and, well, yeah, okay, and then sure. There, and there's and, mutual care, too. I mean, she, she should uh, – you know, both of – neither of us are super late-night folks and our wives are more. And so they would be – They've also adjusted a lot. Well, no, I was, well, okay, sure. They have, I, but I was going to say, they would be caring to know that, gosh, it's kind of 1030. I know that this is not the best 
time, yeah. the healthiest time to come to, that would be a sensitivity too. So we could both meet each other there, but either way, how often are we missing that? Tell me more. Cause if I did that with you, tell me more on the, you know, our analogy of the construction guys and, and, and whatnot, which I'm making up cause they're doing a great job. But, uh, and I did that and got down here and realized, man, this is a spiritual thing that you're right. struggling with. It's not financial. It's not whatever. It's a spiritual thing. That allows me one to either meet you or if we've had this conversation out on the deck, let's say you may not need anything from me at that point. And it's not that you're not looking for help. You, you, just that talk helped you. Yeah. You feel better about it. You got more clarity on it. And gosh, that's what you're going to be thinking about. Now you're going to journal about it in the morning. You'll likely come back to me and go, man, I, I kind of worked through some of that. And this is what I really feel led to. And this is great. And I, I served you well in doing that as yeah. opposed to back to Whitney of going, oh, I hear you, but dude, come on, you right. know, what a gift that you can even afford this. Right. Like, you own, you own a building. Right. 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 And, and now you feel, and then I have to think yep, you, you're right. You, you okay. didn't, I, yeah, I didn't help you that. work through it. Now you feel guilty and you probably might think, yeah, I shouldn't have come to Kevin. He's gosh, he's, <laughs> he's like the Ziggler guy. I shouldn't come to him with this negativity <laughs> crap. And I just validated that. And so you're not. So our relationship isn't any better. You don't and, feel any better. Well, and I don't worse. get to the root cause. Yeah. Yeah. Which, when you take a step back and look at our whole society, because ultimately you and I are having these conversations after well-being. Or, what, what, you know, what does positivity have to, or toxic positivity have to do with lack of well-being or well-being? And it just, we're relatively smart people and we can see the influences on ourselves and on our on our kids and these diseases of despair and what is chronic unwell-being in America. And it's not that we would say, well, the root of all evils is toxic positivity, but I, I, I there is a, uh, thinking through this, there's a perspective of, of awareness of saying, gosh, I, the next time I do go to my kids or myself, even, I think that's another layer we haven't talked about is, I was just about to go there, how hard we are on ourselves. Okay. I, I do want to go there, but, uh, on something you said, I also want to, again, we're looking at a third way of, of dealing with this as opposed to one, what Whitney talks about toxic positivity, here's a negative and boom, I'm just going to go to positivity. Um, whether we do that to ourselves or somebody else does that. And we're saying that's doesn't seem to be creating wellness on the other side, not, it's not any better to stew in the negativity and go and to diseases of despair, as you talked right. about depression and whatever, that's not working either. So she's not saying don't be positive, be negative. No, that's there's not also toxic negativity. Toxic, and, and I think we're seeing the stats on that. And it may be, we may helping, and I think what she's getting to, we may be even fostering that a little bit by just smacking positivity mm -hmm. on that and not helping mm -hmm. somebody work it's through a, that. So, so here's, there's the tension. Now, what you just talked about is what I'm thinking there, that what would be best case scenario to some degree, I, I, maybe, I don't know if this is fair, but to some degree is for me to take the feeling and to be at a place of awareness and personal clarity to think through it right away. Here's the negative feeling. <sighs> Why am I feeling that? Mm. Like my counselor sit in it and go, what am I feeling? Am I feeling, and I'm, and for me, pull up Renee Brown's book. What am I? I don't know. Let me go through these. Ideas. Okay. Gosh, that one resonates. I don't know. Okay, why? What's at the, what's at the root of that? And for me to think that that may be all I need, or now I've got more clarity and I've maybe let off a little lowered the steam. I don't need to come vent to you, but go, man, I'm this happened. X, Y, Z happened. I think what I'm feeling 
what Bernays helping me understand mm-hmm. is, you know, I'm feeling X, Y, Z and that just feels, it just feels bad. I, I'm, I'm feeling kind of low right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I need to fix it right this second. I mean, to our, our buddy Todd, I'll never remember. I'll always remember him saying, um, I, I just give myself myself permission to just kind of feel bad for a while. Mm-hmm. I just, I feel bad. I'm not going to go off the deep end, but I feel bad. And mm-hmm. you know, I may, I may go for a run or I, I may watch a couple it. shows that I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that another thing that Todd said is, uh, I've forgotten the, percentage but let's say it's 30 it's it's a high percentage of of the psalms are laments We're, we tend to grow up in a way that we think of these as you know happy or worshipful or whatever but they're laments and, and and as if there's something good about a a good cry a good lament and biochemically tears there's lots of research done there to say that it really is good for you and but the, you could also have toxic tears or positive tears, so so it's. I think our discussion is the perspectivizing and the peeling back the layers of awareness, so that as I go into the future, and and in my marriage and my fatherhood and my businesshood of being aware of that. Well, and and you have me thinking about we can all kind of hopefully audit our propensity. So you are, I'm going to say Randy is a positive guy. He's an optimistic guy. I, I really don't have any worry that you're going to fall into depression and despair. And from that, I would say you would probably like me be well served to consider more, take some journaling time, think about your feelings and think about the negative. Gosh, what am I feeling? And let yourself, like my counselor saying that to sit in it because we're not at risk for the most for, part, for I think of, 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 of toxic negativity. Yeah. I'm at risk of going right to positivity and missing yeah. the growth. Yeah. Okay. So the comfort crisis, okay. this book that we've been talking about in one of the chapters, comfort, which you well, go ahead. You've been touting. This is what book that you've been, uh, well, yeah, you finally uh, I, gave me your copy and said, read it. So uh, who, who's the author? Michael Easter, Michael Easter. So guy, folks, if you don't know this book, it's, uh, it's done really, really well. And it's a really entertaining book too. The guy's talking about comfort, but he talks about it amongst the stories of these kind of epic adventures that he does. So it's a, it's a good read. I think that's why it's sold, but it's a message that you keep and, coming back to. And, and, and here's one of his epic adventures is, so he's a journalist. So he travels around to these experts and, and, and tries to also experience it. Well, uh, the con, oh, uh, talk. We're so afraid of negative. We're, we're so cultured to want to be positive. And, and if we translated that into the theme of the book is we're so afraid of boredom. We're afraid of lack of entertainment. We're afraid of dissatisfaction that our whole culture is built towards entertainment and satisfaction and positive. And that's happy, 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 happy. And that's what the economy feeds on. Okay. So then, there is a, like you just said, there's a time and a place to sit with it. And so let's go to the theoretically the most negative thing. So one of the chapters is death. Theoretically, the most negative thing that could, you know, at the end of diseases of despair, suicide or whatever. Well, now we have these studies about what's the most happiest country in the world or the most joyful what, what would you, what, uh, what are your, well, no, to give the resource, that's Dan Butner. So he's the blue zones guy. Uh, who this wrote will go blue different zones. from him. 
Well, but he also did one. That's, yeah. On, on uh, happy, and on I think he landed places. on Denmark. Uh, maybe so. Scandinavia. Yeah, where they statistically do the thing, where are the happiest people? Which I'm going to say, happy in his context and in this context is joy. And we're not talking about just right, right. momentary not, happiness. But these are people mm-hmm. who j- just overall tend to kind of be more joyful. Joyful. Joy would be peaceful. a better word in America. Yeah. Um, so he goes to Bhutan, which is by Nepal and Tibet and one of those kind of countries. Not very wealthy. In fact, very unwealthy. Very, very. And... Uh, and the, and the and they have a minister of happiness. That's how it got translated. So an, an entire, like the secretary of state for how uh, the well-being of the minds of the people. Okay. And um, do you know? So the so he's conjecturing that the reason, or he went to this guy, and they they have this discussion, and he's like, "Oh, I'll give you the reason why we are happier people is we think about death all the time." Oh, right. I do remember. Maybe you were talking about this before, but yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, in America, we don't. Uh-uh. <laughs> in fact, we don't even know that people die until it's my grandma and it's a funeral. It is never talked about. In fact, if I, there's another kind of one of those funny shows on the street about where does hamburger meat come from. And, and people are just not even aware that a cow had to die or an animal died for you to eat a hamburger. And the, that death is bad. It's it's all those kind of things. So that we have, it feels toxic to us. But as the backlash there is that when it actually happens, because guess what? Life is going to happen and there will be death. It hurts. It's bad. It's scary. It, it uncovers all these feelings that we've never trained ourselves because out of mm-hmm. a desire of comfort, I don't want to think about death. It, it scares me. It makes me feel bad. So we don't. So it makes the situation actually worse. Now, does that mean that we're going to come in and we're going to murder people every day and make little girls, you know, chop the heads off of chickens and, you know, do something macabre all the time to desensitize? Yeah. Well, no. But the, the conclusion was this. Consider your own death. I, I was just thinking. So you made me think of we recently had Ben Hardy, Dr. Benjamin Hardy on the show with his book, Be Your Future Self Now. And a big part of his message was the help that we give ourselves by getting as much connection as we can to what we desire for our future self. So put Randy in five years out there and what you want that Randy to be doing and experiencing whatever. And the more that you can connect and envision, uh, the better you'll be and the faster you'll get to, you know, you'll achieve success. And I'm thinking the same thing. So if the more I consider and somewhat connect with, not death, but just think about my mortality, mm-hmm. um, that I do that not from a morbid or negative standpoint, but I just connect with that. The more at peace I would be, it makes sense as opposed to what you're saying that we tend to do in America, which is shun it, shun any negative thing that could be Randy in the future. Yeah. Uh, it just hit me that, well, and it'll, it'll make sense to you that the entire theme of our business is okay. What is true life? And, you know, what does Kevin want to be doing, saying, thinking, feeling? These are the spiel that I give people if they want to come in. I'm like, who do you want to be becoming? Well, okay. Uh, alive is never what anybody ever says. They, you know, so then I asked him, well, what does aliveness mean? What is not deadness? And we say weird words like that to kind of, oh, never thought about it that way. Well, Let's chew on that. And well, I, I, you don't even know. I mentioned this in one of our functional Friday episodes that I published recently. Your 
question to patients of, Hey, so in the next year, do you want to make it in the Olympics or into a nursing home? Right. Which is such a great opportunity to look and go, I haven't thought about, I don't know. What did, what do you want? Or even what I'm learning now is I don't want to think about it because I think I'm closer to the nursing home than any other thing out there. And it scares me. And I don't, and I, I just want you to help me make it better. And, and, and so death is the quintessential example of this. And so in the Bhutan society, uh, and as he's traveling there, he's like, yeah, all these little, you know how in Colorado trails, you'll see the rock stacks. What do we call this? Cairn. Yeah. Cairns. Yeah. Well, they're, they're death cairns. Huh? They're people's ashes. And so when, uh, or, or your dog's ashes or what are they, they, they burn and then they mix it up with clay or whatever. And they make these huh. triangles. They're everywhere. Well, it's actually a little a literal dead thing. Well, in America, we're like, ooh, that would be morbid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, ah, oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, or or grandma's urn, even up on the the whatever on the on the mantle. mantle yeah. We say that's a little weird. We distance ourselves from that to the extreme, hmm. and as a consequence, when we're confronted with our mortality, we're, we're not scared happy. to death. We're scared yeah. to death, or even confronted with our frailty. And and it's the comfort crisis. We are so comfortable in our yeah. lack of deathness that we're, we're now at a crisis that, well, death happens. Well, that's bad. It's, that shouldn't. You no, know, it's a great analogy because I, I look at death and I would... Uh, it's human to be sad, to look at that with some sadness. I'm not to right lament. now going to be like, I cannot wait till the day that I die. <laughs> um, is I'm not going to do that. But to, to say, gosh, that's going to be a sad time. But can I do the work now, connect with it now so that I'm not scared? I don't want to be scared now or, or at that time. Here, here's another thing just hit me. We live in a dog-friendly state culture. Right. So some friends of ours, they got a dog. And something happened, and it was like it was terminal. It was, it was kind of sad. But here's the end. of They won't let it be terminal. Like, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars. Mm. Because that would be bad. That would hurt our kids. We do. That would be so sad. But your dad grew up on a farm. And his dad, I mean, death was daily. Yeah. Oh, that chicken didn't make it, or I'm going to pop that chicken's head off, or whatever. I mean, I don't even have words for these things. The horse broke its leg. And he put it, put down. it down. Like, can you, or to hear the horse screaming, can you imagine the, I'm getting a visceral response right now yeah. to, uh, not that we need to go to war to toughen ourselves up, but we're on that we've pendulum swung to the other side to where if we cannot, we don't have a slot for death. That's a really bad way to live because yeah. death will happen and frailty happens and sadness happens and lament happens. And in America, we don't have a slot for that. As a consequence, we are now bombarded with a version of toxic positivity. Toxic positivity. Well, it, it, and what do you do with death? There's nothing that I can do to fix that reality out here. It's going to happen. So my best bet is to get in touch with my feelings say, around and, it. And the Bhutanese just say, yeah, just, Say it. Yeah. And, and in fact, that's the prescription from the minister was three times a day, contemplate your own death. That's how they raised their kids. I, so, I, so on all this, I, I'm 
still feeling, 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 uh, which I need to. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. I've arrived. Um, exactly. But that, that I, I am miss that we have maybe two sides. We have, we're, we're looking at negativity wrong. Either one, we shun it. That's what I have done historically. Kevin Miller, I shun, uh, the, anything negative. And so Mm. I don't allow myself to feel those emotions and I am missing out on the other side is someone who stews in the negativity and probably misses the emotion and they're blaming, they're accusing, criticizing, they're being a victim. Right. right. They're they're not sitting with it. They're not contemplating their own mortality. They're not any better. They're they're stewing, wallowing. And we could say what's worse about, I don't know, but either, neither of them are true life. Uh, Right. Neither of them are true life as opposed to the middle of dealing with hardship and negativity and saying, what do I feel? What is the emotion? And speaking that and going, why, why, why is that there? And we may need to go down there. And I think, Whitney does this in the book in some story where she, it's like three or four levels of her talking mm-hmm. to a patient going, why? Mm-hmm. And because the first thing comes out, well, I'm, you know, I'm mad. Okay. Why? Because I'm kind of scared. Why? Because I'm concerned about my finances. Why? Well, I don't know. I'm actually making money. But, you know, what is at the bottom? And that one is, as she's saying, that creates, if we're talking to people, whether it's you and me, you and the counselor, you and your spouse or kid, it's creating connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a palatable connection that mm-hmm. I don't think that we get when we're just venting blame, accusation, and criti- criticizing. And it helps. If you did that, it would not, it would help you It all. It would also help me to, to, to mm-hmm. know you again for our mm-hmm. relationship. And, but even just for me to understand myself and my mm-hmm. own feelings more and what I think about that. And, and, what and now we're on the good side of what marriage can be yeah. and what friendship can be. And, and, and one phrase that I've been really chewing on recently is I believe not and here. I, I don't think science can get here. So I'll say I scientifically believe healing is almost always wrapped up in a communal relationship with another human, including yourself. So to be becoming less ill or more well, it almost always happens in the context of human connection, which is why the worst possible torture is separation, Hmm. is solitary confinement forever. Worldwide history, that's the biggest way to break somebody down is solitary confinement. Um, And, well, what's the opposite of that? It doesn't mean you go stand in a room with 100 people that are stranger. It does not mean you connect with people online. It does not mean it is the, the layers of what you just described that we would call relationship, connection, is mysteriously, magically, uh, 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 mystically, and I would say somewhere is also divinely, that is healing uh, and restoration. It's all the rewards, resilience, it's relationship. Yeah. And, and I and that's wonderful. There's no medicine for that. There never will be. There's no pill. So how do we do that? How do we engage? Whitney has her Miami people that she's really, and then her Instagram people that are like she she found a little uh, touched a nerve or whatever. And uh, well, I guess we hope we're touching nerves out there too. Uh, my my nerves are touched. Okay. All right. All right, friends, I'll end here by pointing out again, the only way we can take advantage of this discussion and the idea of healthfully and productively dealing with negative events in our lives is first just being aware. So we don't just react with the venting or the stuffing, but we take a deep breath and first consider how we're feeling and get clear on that. 
What are we feeling and why? Then if we feel we need to share with someone else, we simply explain, not complain, but explain the incident and then have the courage to share, share again, how we feel about it and deal with the real issue at hand. Hey, thank you again for choosing to tune in to this self-helpful podcast. If you got value, it'd be great if you'd leave a review. Best thing you can do is talk with someone else about what you heard here today. I hope I have helped you today. Help yourself so that you can help others.